Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, Husker fans. Welcome to episode 186 of the Husker Football Fan Podcast. I'm Mike Harvat. And I'm Justin Swanson. Today we talk to Christian Boer, staff reporter at Central Michigan Life, the student newspaper at Central Michigan University. You can find us on the web at huskerpod.com or by searching Husker Football Fan Podcast on Facebook. You can also connect with us on Twitter by following at huskerpod or email us at huskerpod at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Central Nebraska Buffalo. Check out their website for their latest deals. That's cnbuffalo.com. Also brought to you by Monty Rohde with Pinnacle Realty in Lincoln. Looking to buy or sell a home in Lincoln or know someone who does? Hit up Monty at 402-770-3356. On to the non-conference schedule, Mike. Hey! It's for the best. After starting with Purdue, it's for the best. Although, like, we can't make any assumptions anymore. Like, it used to be like, hey, non-conference, give our boys a break. It'll be a nice breather. It'll be sure good to pad the schedule and the and the record and everything as we look forward to heading into October, right? Uh, yeah, not yeah. anymore. It hasn't been the case for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I actually I actually asked uh, some some folks that I've interviewed in the past in Michigan for for tips. I was like, who do who do I talk to for Central Michigan University? And they recommended Christian right away. Okay. Uh, um, and as you'll hear during the interview, uh, Central Michigan University has a really good journalism school. Okay, so, awesome. Um, this student newspaper is legit, and uh, it was a great interview, and I think you're going to learn a lot. I didn't know anything about the Chippewas, and now I do. I just learned that they're the Chippewas. Surprise! <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, let's uh, let's get into it then. Yeah. We're excited to welcome Christian Boer to the show. Uh, Christian's a staff reporter at Central Michigan Life, the student newspaper at, at Central Michigan. Christian, welcome to the show. Hey, glad to be here. I appreciate you guys inviting me on, and I'm excited to talk a little Chippewa football with you. Awesome. So t- tell us a little bit about Central Michigan Life. I actually, I, I kind of, I reached out to some folks at M Live to say, hey, who do I, who do I talk to for Central Michigan? And they, they pointed me to you guys. So tell me a little bit about Central Michigan Life and and coverage of the Chippewas. Yeah, Central Michigan Life is the student newspaper at Central Michigan. Uh, we just celebrated our centennial, our hundredth year anniversary this year, and you know we've been we've been ranked among the top college newspapers for the last seven years in a row. We've been the national champion media group the last seven years in a row. We just won it again this year at at the convention in San Francisco to shout out to everybody there and uh nice yeah we've we've provided a lot of chip coverage this year was my first year i'm just a freshman so i was kind of indoctrinated i started on volleyball and women's soccer and and worked my way up to football so well it, I am. 
if you've got your freshman year behind you, I think you're technically a rising sophomore, so you can yeah. you can start calling yourself a sophomore now. Uh, well, cool. Thanks for for laying that out. Let's let's get to Central Michigan. Um, so I'll just confess up front. I know next to nothing about Central Michigan, so really gonna be relying on your expertise here. Um, eight and six season last year. I just was glancing at the schedule, trying to get a feel for what kind of opponent is coming to Lincoln in the fall. And I, the one common opponent I see is uh, Central Michigan. Uh, Central Michigan lost to Wisconsin at Wisconsin, sixty-one to zero. So that uh, I don't know, was that indicative of the team last year, or was that just kind of a, they got caught in a whipsaw kind of situation? Well, uh, <clears throat> I'm going to take you back to to the year prior. They were one and eleven under okay. Coach John Bonamigo, and Coach Bonamigo was a good coach. They had some some winning seasons under him, but more of a coach kind of guy. And so at the end of the one and eleven year, they let him go and brought in Jim McElwain, who had some success at Florida and as a coordinator in Alabama. And so it was really a big name hire for them. That's right. And what he brought was was discipline. And I think that's something – because it was essentially the same group of kids as it was the year before, albeit at the quarterback position, which is obviously an important position. And they to fill the need at quarterback, they brought in Quentin Dormady, who was a, a double transfer from, from Tennessee. And, and he was okay. He was okay. He did what he needed to do, obviously. The turnaround from one and eleven to eight and six, and the birth in the MAC championship game a year ago—it's a huge leap in just one season for for a mid-major team. Coach McElwain deserves a lot of the credit there, but also give a lot of credit to the guys for sticking around. Coach McElwain really got the best out of the talent that returned. Guys like Jacory Sullivan at receiver, who took a huge leap. Jonathan Ward at running back, who had a really down junior season. He came back last year. Over 1,000 yards as a senior. Another running back, Kobe Lewis, was 1,000 yards over as a, or as a sophomore. Sorry. And just maximizing the talent on the offensive side. This was one of the nation's worst offenses a year ago. And then last season, they come back, really turn it around. They win the MAC West, go to the MAC title game. Unfortunately, things didn't go away in the MAC title game, and then in the bowl game in New Mexico, they kind of had it taken to them by San Diego State. But to address the Wisconsin game, uh, there were a lot of kinks that needed to be worked out. Dormady sure. got hurt on the second possession. Jonathan Ward was out after about the third series, and Wisconsin just—I mean—they worked them up and down the field. Credit all the credit goes to that Wisconsin team, a physical group of guys, and they just really—they just pushed them around and. I think that was kind of the wake-up call that the Central Michigan team needed to have a good season in the MAC. Definitely, I I had forgotten about Jim McElwain and and the one in eleven season. I suppose I knew that at some point in time. So that's that's actually pretty remarkable to go from one eleven regular season to eight and five uh, conference championship appearance and a and a bowl appearance. That's yeah, that's that's really a dramatic turnaround. So um, so kind of we've established now you've got you've got a new culture, you've got a, a team on the rise. Um, what do you see coming into this this fall as strengths and weaknesses of the team? Well, I think the strengths are with the skill guys. Uh, you're bringing back Khalil Pimpleton, who was the number one receiver in the MAC. He's a guy who transferred in out of Virginia Tech, really talented, very, very fast, and he can make plays on offense and in special teams. And heck, you know, we'll get to this in a minute, but you may see him in the Wildcat quarterback here in the future this year. Uh, another receiver, Ja'Cory Sullivan, he was the number two receiver in the MAC. He's coming back as a senior. Um, Kobe Lewis, 1,000-yard rusher, coming back at running back. 
And then tight end, Tony Pulgin, who switched from quarterback. He was the quarterback of that 1-11 team. He moved over to tight end. Hmm. Being a 6'7 guy, he's really blossomed at the position of tight end. And I think another strength, you have to go in the secondary um, with guys like Alonzo McCoy and Gage Kresge. And to a certain extent, even the corners with a couple of unproven guys who everything we've heard about them with Deshaun McNary, who's a transfer, and Brian Edwards, who's a transfer out of Florida. Both of those guys have a couple of maybe some situations off the field that need to be dealt with, but everything we've heard about them talent-wise, guys can come in and, and make a huge impact. And Devani Reed's another defensive back. So I think the strengths are with the, the skill guys and the defensive backs. But, you know, you address the skill guys, and then you realize that arguably the bigness, biggest weakness is at quarterback, and you're not going to be successful offensively if you can't have a guy that can get these skill guys the ball. And the biggest weakness is definitely at quarterback, I think. You know, Dormady wasn't great last year, but they needed him to do – or they did what they needed him to do, and he graduated. And so did the backup quarterback, Tommy Lazaro, who really became a threat out of that Wildcat package, you know, a really good runner. And so, really, you, they were counting on David Moore. He had a little bit of a show-off toward the middle of the year where he got to come in when Dormady was injured and, and really sling it around. And then he was hit with a year-long suspension for testing positive for a banned substance. And it was just announced last month that he his appeal was denied. And so, you know, you've got to find a quarterback. And for me, I think the options lie with one of two guys. I think you're looking at either redshirt freshman Daniel Richardson to come in and be the quarterback. He got a little bit of action in the bowl game. He threw four passes but completed only one of them. You know, the talk with him is that he's got an electric arm and the guys in the locker room love him. So I would think that maybe he's in the, the conversation. And then they brought in a, a grad transfer with two years of eligibility, Sam Houston State quarterback Ty Brock. And Ty Brock, you look at his stats, he was a guy who really lit it up his freshman year. He was a freshman All-American on the FCS level, but then got hurt and took a little bit of a downward spiral last year and then decided to look elsewhere for his last two years and found Central Michigan. And talking to some guys around that program and high character kid got good talent, but how's he going to do at the division one FBS level? It's really anybody's guess right now. He's a mobile kid. Um, really. I think he could fit the, the bill as well. Moore is suspended until the Northern Illinois game in October, which if I remember right, I, I think it's six games in maybe it's five games with the bye week, but uh, he's, you know, He's out for the time being, and, you know, you're taking a look at Nebraska. That's a huge game, and that's week two. So you're going to have to have somebody who can come in if you want to be competitive with these guys. And I think that it's they're going to be Daniel Richardson or Ty Brock. So the quarterback situation, I think, is the one that needs to be addressed the most. Yeah, that definitely sounds like it. <laughs> so, you know, it sounds like there's some there's some challenges to overcome. It's It's year two, so – you know, I know Frost just finished his year two. We had really high expectations, but, you know, I guess the culture wasn't quite there just yet. And it turns out the Big Ten was tougher than we anticipated. So, you know, all that to say, you never know what might happen. But do you have a, a sense of, you know, best case scenario, assuming they figure out the quarterback kind of quickly, what, what the ceiling is for this team next year? Oh, yeah. I think that there's a pretty high ceiling on this squad. You take a look at all the skill guys that bring them back, and defense is, is largely intact. Um, you're taking a look at a, a squad that was very good in the MAC. They were six and two in the MAC last year. 
you take a look at the Mac West and there's not a team in the Mac West that they can't be, you know, when you take a look at Western Michigan, who's been a bully for the Chippewas in that rivalry for the past few years, they lose their quarterback and their, and their stud running back. So they've got just as many holes to fill over in Kalamazoo. And I think that central can, when they're obviously the huge thing on the schedule is that they moved the West game to Ford field down in Detroit to try and gain an advantage the Central Michigan following that's down there in that area. And so hmm. maybe creating a little bit more of a home field advantage would, would sway that game in their favor. You know, they beat up on Toledo, who's had their number for the, for the last 10 years. Um, Eastern Michigan might be down as well. So you're looking at a team that can be very, very competitive in the MAC. Obviously, they kind of got a tough draw. They're going to get the three best teams out of the MAC East in Miami, Ohio, and Kent State. And how they do in those games is tough to tell. Luckily, they have Miami of Ohio and Ohio at home. And so I think the best-case scenario, you're looking at a one- or two-loss team in the MAC, but that non-conference schedule isn't easy. you got a gimme game in, in Bradley, who's out of the FCS, and then you've got San Jose State, which is, is a toss-up game. But I think that having that at home plays to their favor. And then Nebraska and Northwestern, which – Goodness, if that Wisconsin game's any indication of what the Big Ten's going to be like to these Chippewas. I think in year two under McElwain, they'll be able to be competitive in those games. My goodness, I think that best case scenario, you're looking at a nine and three, eight and four, maybe even 10 and two if the, if the Mac plays to their favor. I think best case scenario, you're looking at nine or 10 wins and then obviously a berth in the Mac title game. How, how, do, uh, how do you guys? approach these uh non-conference games against nebraska and northwestern uh, i mean I, I hear you it sounds like it's a very you're very focused on the mac and the opportunity to win the mac and with so much uncertainty is do you think this McElwain just kind of approaches this kind of tough non-conference slate as an opportunity to figure out what kind of team he's got and work the kinks out as opposed to like a, a huge opportunity to shock the world you know there's a, excuse me, they have a show that's hosted by our, our play-by-play announcer. It was Don Chido who un, unfortunately passed away in a tragic car accident. Now it's hosted by Adam Jackson. But they have a show that, uh, that they come on and they have the coach and a couple, <clears throat> couple players come on. And when they were taking on Wisconsin, they had a, a co- coach McElwain and they had a couple of players come on and they asked one of the players like, hey, how do you approach this? And the players said, you know, we, we approach it like they're any other team. You know, they play football too, and uh, they, they play with 11 guys. And that got the attention of uh, linebacker Chris Orr over at Wisconsin. And to paraphrase his tweet, it was something along the lines of, bring that talk to the camp, silly man, as in <laughs> Camp Randall. Yeah. And so I think that might have had something to do with the 61 to nothing beatdown they got. But their approach is that, you know, like I said, they think that they can compete with these guys. And I think that's the right approach to have because you never want to go into a game like this defeated. Sure, sure. So well, and McElwain, McElwain's gone into a lot of different tough environments. So, I mean, he's, he's not afraid. Yeah, absolutely. And McElwain, you know, kind of him, he's not afraid and he inspires this team because their, their whole rallying cry last year was dead last because that's where they were picked by the media and everybody else to finish in the Mac last season, and they come out and finish first. So McElwain's going to have the guys fired up for games like this. It's just a, a talent thing. Like you don't want to you don't want to give them any bulletin board material like they did last year. And I, so I think they might 
kind of eased their way around that last year. But at the same time, you don't want to be defeated. So sure. I think it's that balanced approach where you don't want to give them anything extra, but at the same time, like, don't take us lightly. We're here to play. So it sounds like it's a, you know, it's a hungry, up-and-coming group of five team with, with something to prove. So that's, you know, that's, that's a little scary. That should be a good challenge for week two, especially coming off. Who knows, Nebraska starts the season off the previous week with a home opener with Purdue. So, uh, you know, a Big Ten team, a division foe for our home opener. So, you know, if we win that one, hopefully we're kind of rolling. If we lose it, which is possible, I mean, hopefully you have an, a hungry, angry team. So either way, it could be a, a tough matchup. I'm curious what you guys' thoughts, your personal thoughts on uh, playing the Huskers are. Yeah, I think it'll be a good test for them in week two. You know, you're looking at a game week one against San Jose State where it's going to be probably be a battle with another group of five team. And then you're going into Nebraska. I think it's going to be a heck of an environment. I know Wisconsin was last year. I didn't get to travel to that game, but everything I've heard is that it's just a crazy environment over there. And so I'm, ex- I'm expecting the same from Nebraska. I know you guys have a lot of talent. You know, it starts at quarterback with Adrian Martinez. Um, you know, that's, that's going to be an exciting game, I think. I don't know how competitive it'll be. I think that the Chippewas certainly showed enough at times last year with, in terms of an offense where they can come in and score with anybody. I know the Wisconsin game really wasn't vindicative of that, but once they got everything ironed out and in the MAC, they were very potent. And so I think that offensively it'll be a good test. And then in defense, it's just a matter of, of working it out and uh, really containing those skill guys that you, ha- you have over there. And so, I don't know, I'm expecting it to be competitive at the very least as long as nobody's injured week one. And I think that having a stable quarterback situation will be, play into that even further. If they don't have a quarterback figured out headed to Nebraska, I don't know what's going to happen. Sure. I think things could, could get ugly there. And if it is Richardson, the redshirt freshman, it may even be a little bit tougher because, you know, being a red freshman, your first true road game is going to be a, a probably a packed house in Nebraska, assuming that we're allowed to have packed houses yeah. in the fall. I'm but, just, uh, I'm just approaching these conversations, assuming, assuming the best. So yeah, we'll just assume yeah. a packed house. Well, I, I looked back and Nebraska and central Michigan have never played before. So it'll be a, an interesting opportunity for, for a new matchup here. I'm not, uh, I'm not sure. I just was trying to glance ahead. I don't know if we're playing again in the next couple of years or if it's a one-off, but it'd be an opportunity for a new, a new opponent. Um, however, there is one person on the coaching staff that Nebraska fans will be familiar with, uh, tight ends coach Tavita Thompson, who was on Riley's staff. He was a graduate assistant, I believe, for a couple of years. And then when they were allowed to hire the 10th uh, coach, when they made that rule change, he was the guy that they brought on. Uh, have you had an opportunity to – Learn anything about Tavita? Is he doing? Is he doing well? Is he being successful? Yeah, uh, all signs point to him as being a pretty good recruiter. Um, I know that his the things he's done with Tony Poljan have been absolutely outstanding. Um, That's Poljan, the former quarterback. Yes, yes. Yeah. Poljan was recruited by a lot of higher level schools to play tight end, and he spurned them for a chance to play quarterback at CMU. And after his sophomore season, it was clear that it just wasn't working out, and Credit Coach Thompson for, for taking him under his wing and cool. making him into a pretty solid tight end. I mean, he's always had it physically, but you could tell there was a point where it just clicked for Tony and he becomes a downfield threat. He made all sorts of crazy catches. And besides that, he became a pretty good blocker too. And so I think that a lot of credit goes to Coach Thompson for that, for really developing 
from him just being a physical specimen to being a tight end and being an all-around player at that position. Awesome. Well, that's great to hear. I mean, I think a lot of Nebraska fans kind of have some ill will towards, not towards Riley, but towards the Riley years. And so, I, but I don't think, uh, you know, we, we still have a fondness for any, anybody who coached here, uh, except for maybe Diaco. Um, uh, thank you, Christian, for, for being a guest today. How can uh, our listeners connect with the work you're doing about uh, Central Michigan as we as the summer progresses and as we get into the fall, how can we read what you and your, your uh, colleagues are writing? Yeah. Uh, they're on Twitter. You can find us at CM life sports uh, at CM life on Twitter as well. And then me personally is at C Boer underscore. And uh, that's C B O O H E R underscore. And that's all on Twitter. Uh, we have a website, CM hyphen life.com. And yeah, I mean, there's a lot of great content put out there by my colleagues. Uh, I know what our sports editor from fall semester is now interning at the Detroit free press and our current sports editor also has a side gig going on with the Midland daily. So there's been a lot of great journalism done at central Michigan. And I hope that on the kind of the next cog in that, in that machine, because it's really been churning out some great talent recently. Cool. Well, it's really neat to learn uh, about the powerhouse journalism school you got there. I, I was not aware of that before talking to you. So I uh, appreciate yeah, learn about that and appreciate your time. And uh, yeah, have a great summer. Thanks for your time. Hey, thanks. You too. Thanks again to Christian for joining us on the podcast. Um, awesome. Very informative. Should be a good game. Uh, yeah, I don't think Central Michigan will be all that intimidated rolling into Lincoln. Uh, but uh, yeah, it should be good. Well, hopefully we're coming off a win, we're feeling good, and we can take care of business at home. Just makes you think about all of the unknown variables heading into this fall. Like, if the game gets played at home, will there be people in the stands? And, like, how weird could that be playing this team that probably wants to come in and kick your butt because they've seen other people do it? And you don't have your fan base to drown them out when they're trying to call plays. You know, it's just, hmm. Yeah. Yeah, And I'm not in any way, shape, or form suggesting, like, I don't want to be a doomsday type guy. I feel like I'm bringing things up like this pretty consistently on the podcast lately. I'm I'm just wondering. Everything is up in the air, you know? So just be interesting to watch games like this on television if we're forced to. Right. Right. Well, speaking of multiple variables, which is, I think how you segued into that last thought, there's a lot of variables to keep track of when you're buying or selling a home, (laughs) especially during COVID-19. So you should, uh, you should hit up our friend Monty. Now's a good time. Actually, if you're, if you're selling, it's very much a seller's market right now. Uh, especially in the sub $200,000 house market. So start talking to Monty now, get your pre-approval set, and get ready to roll because, uh, yeah, now's the time. Yeah, I mean, just this past weekend in my own neighborhood, I saw a bunch of signs for an open house. So uh, real estate agents are, they are not slowing down. I mean, they're they're all having to get creative right now. You know, it, it, it might be a different experience than what you're used to if you've ever bought or sold a home before but uh so i'm sure monty's doing the same thing um so yeah don't hesitate to reach out to him 
That's uh, 402-770-3356 or email at monty.rohde, R-O-H-D-E, at prglincoln.com. In other news, just want to point out that our friends at Central Nebraska Buffalo are in a new local store. Who's that, Mike? They're actually in York now. So uh, if you live in York or near York, uh, head on over to Grand Central Foods and... uh, yeah, you can pick up some Central Nebraska Buffalo. Don't have to worry about the mail order. Don't have to, you know, you can get your meat today. On demand. Get your yeah. bison today in person. Go pick it up. And, uh, yeah. You know, us Omahans and Lincolnites don't fully appreciate, but I've got several friends from small towns around York, Bradshaw and Henderson specifically. And, and York's kind of a, it's a big it's a big spot. Like, a lot of people come in from a, while, a ways away, so... That's a that's a good area to service a lot of folks. I like their water tower. Chances are, it's what we do for Thanksgiving every year. Really? Yeah. Awesome. Nobody has to cook. Nobody has to clean. At least nobody in my family. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, did you hear the news? No. What what news is there to hear? June first, my man, Bill Moose, just a few days ago made it official. Um. I guess it's for voluntary training, which means like every single football player will will probably be back <laughs> on campus uh, on June first. So that's like what a week away. Yeah, that reminds me of my high school football coach who said, uh, "You don't have to come to the summer practices; they're not mandatory. You won't play if you don't come. <laughs> exactly, but you don't have to come." Yeah, so that's exciting, um, nerve wracking. They've got a plan in place. I mean. There's been all kinds of announcements from the university about how they're prepping to to deal with this, and they're going to do it. Yeah. You know, it, it also does kind of make me wonder. I wonder how many students just stayed on campus the whole time, you know? Like, how many athletes stayed on campus the whole time? Yeah, I've heard, I've heard that maybe a third to half of the football team has stayed, and uh, – but there's not a ton of people. I'm trying to think of the number I heard. It's not a, not a huge number, but like international students, mm. especially like if their country's shut down, like have not. They don't have anywhere to else to go. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there are some students, but you know I run, uh, you know a number of days each week, and oftentimes I cut across campus, and it's just it's just a ghost town. Wow. It really is. We got we went there a couple Sundays ago just because like the grounds are beautiful mm-hmm. and this time of year there's so many things blossoming and blooming so we took the kids and just went for a walk on a sunday afternoon and we saw a bunch of like graduates this was a week after graduation we saw a bunch of graduates posing for pictures yeah uh but but beyond that yeah nobody huh and other news uh the construction has been delayed for the 150 million dollar sports complex football complex hmm. so i mean i think that's wise i think it's not that it's been canceled. Yeah. It's just been, uh, you know, there's a lot of people involved with a huge construction project, and there's a lot of logistics, and they're just pressing pause. And actually, Moose said that he's done this before on other projects where it's like more or less shovel ready, um, but he's just you know pushing the things back on the calendar. And I think the the rule or the yeah at, at UNL right now, like if the shovel had gone into the ground, the construction project could proceed, but if it hadn't, like they're not supposed to proceed. That makes sense. 
at the same time, you know, we're saying all this, I have no doubt it's going to happen. <laughs> you know, like, it's going to happen. It oh, just yeah. might not yeah, be definitely. for, you know, another year or so. <laughs> hey, can I do a uh, book recommendation? Sure. This is kind of off the wall. I am almost done listening to Walt Disney, The Triumph of the American Imagination by Neil Gabler. Hmm. And I have learned so much about this man that I had no idea, like, how ahead of his time he was and then how like obsessive he was about getting his vision perfect and then how rough the 40s were um, and how long he went between producing movies and then how instrumental his brother Roy is like have you ever heard of Roy Disney yeah no you haven't I have yeah absolutely I have why have you heard of Roy Disney like he played a huge part in like the parks didn't he well, he he played a huge part in everything because he was like the finance guy. Okay, like he went. Walt's like, "Hey, I'm going to build this. I need the money." And he's like, "That's. I don't think we can get that money." He's like, "I don't care what you think. I'm doing it. Go get the money." <laughs> and this is what he did for like 35 years. Wow, it's insane. And it's like it should be the Walt and Roy Disney Company, mm. but um, anyway, it's just been so fascinating. And um, we've kind of instituted a Friday movie night with our our little kids and have been watching a lot of the old movies, old Disney movies, and. I was like, why is there such a long gap between Snow White, the very first animated feature film ever, and then uh, it's like three and a half years until uh, the follow-up, which is uh, Bambi, and then Fantasia right after that, and Dumbo right after that. I was like, what was the deal there? And so I listened to this, been listening to this book, and it is fascinating. Okay. I commend it to you. Right on. Got it from the library on, on uh, Overdrive, but anyway. So uh, I do have to confess, one of the reasons I know about Roy is uh, a couple months ago I watched the Imagineering story on Disney Plus. So hmm. um, I don't know. Do you, do you guys have Disney Plus? Yeah, man, my folks. Oh, is that probably what you've been doing? Yeah, family plan. <laughs> got yep. it, got it. So yeah, Verizon. Um, uh, I highly recommend watching that. It, it sounds oh, like okay. it might kind of be the flip side to uh, that book. So. Um, but the Imagineering story specifically is about all of the people behind making the technology in the parks happen. So hmm. all the animatronics and kind of pushing the limits of uh, what's possible in an amusement park. Pretty cool. And speaking of technology, we've been uh, kind of flexing. <laughs> I don't know flexings. We've been utilizing some new technology on Twitter, haven't we, Justin? Yeah, we've been using this headliner app that just, like, we didn't do anything to get it. It just came with our, uh, our what is it, our web host, our podcast hosting yeah, yeah. subscription? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's been really fun to, like, put out audio clips from each of our podcasts kind of a few days afterwards to revive interest or maybe draw attention to a particularly juicy quote i don't know I, i've been having fun with it you know what's crazy i am not lying when i tell you this i haven't even folks you're listening to me and justin talk about this i haven't told justin this uh the day before we found that headliner was available to us i was looking for something that we could do that's like headliner <laughs> oh really i was like i was scouring the internet for like there's gotta be a service that can make this easy and lo and behold, Headliner is the best option that I've found. And oh, really? It just kind of 
presented itself to us. So that's pretty great. Yeah, so that's been fun. Yeah. So if you uh, usually I try to do on Fridays, it's what I've done the last couple of weeks because I figure the episode's been out for a few days. Sometimes people miss it, so let's get it up in your attention span. It's like fluffing the pillows, right? Yeah, like just keeping everything pillows. fresh. They may not change the sheets, but <laughs> <laughs> they lice all them. Right, sure. <laughs> well, Mike, I'm I'm out of things to talk about. You know, uh, once we start talking about hotel cleaning habits, I think we're there. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, Mike, go Big Red. Go Big Red. The Husker Football Fan Podcast is an unofficial, non-commercial podcast and is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. The views expressed on this podcast belong solely to the individuals expressing them. The Husker Football Fan Podcast is not endorsed by or affiliated with the Nebraska Cornhuskers or the University of Nebraska. Nebraska.